your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To the Monday, June 7th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account at LO underscore. FLA Panthers. You could also follow Locked On NHL anywhere you listen to podcasts. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the leagues. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. <clears throat> So I apologize in advance about my voice a little bit. Uh, I'm a little bit under the weather, uh, but being home all day today, I have honestly no excuse but to put a podcast out because home alone and instead of being in bed, I'd rather come on the microphone and talk to you guys about Florida Panthers hockey. But once I get this episode uploaded, then honestly, it's right back to getting some rest for the day. But I want to talk about in this first segment about an issue that I talked about last week regarding the jersey incident between the fan who I found out the name of the fan. His name is Brad Bargman, a Florida Panthers fan who is going who went to game 6 of the first round between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I have up his post from the Florida Panthers Facebook group, and if you're hearing the notification, that is the Facebook messenger that I have up, but I also have his post on the Florida Panthers official Facebook group, and he said he received a call from Steve Grigg, CEO of the Tampa Bay Lightning, offering an apology, money back, and personal seats for a game next year. He was also wondering if his son Bryce was okay. And then he said, Class Act taking the time during a playoff run to call and also change their policy. Brad Bargman, I want to say that publicly that I apologize for you and your son Bryce for having to deal with this issue publicly but I also want to applaud you that you decided to take out your phone to record the incident to make a change in a an extremely dumb policy that's pretty much saying oh road fans aren't welcome to the, this arena and I get it the Tampa Bay Lightning which is not Tampa is not a traditional hockey market just like Sunrise Florida but this was a rule, according to the Tampa Bay Lightning's PR department, they said that this was a rule that was implemented in 2015 to grow the fan base of Tampa Bay and to bring their fans into the mix. And I'm paraphrasing that. I don't have the exact 
quote right in front of me. But let's flash back a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. 2015 was also the same year that the Tampa Bay Lightning made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final, eventually losing to Joe Quenville and the Chicago Blackhawks. So even though they didn't win at all that year, they still had their opportunities to grow that fan base and to incentivize something. But it th- that also means that when road teams come to town, they see that Tampa Bay is a big matchup, a big team that they want to face against. So a lot of people's sports bucket list might be for their away, their, the away team of their choice traveling to a new city to go see their team against a big-time contender or, or not just a big-time contender, but a big-name team in the NHL landscape or sports landscape in general. I, my, a dream of mine is to go see the Florida Panthers play in three venues. Madison Square Garden, Scotiabank Arena, and Bell Center in Montreal. Those are my top three of places I'd like to go see the Panthers. And if I bought a ticket for a club seat because I want to see my the Florida Panthers play against a a big name brand team, I can't necessarily call all three of them contenders at this point in time. But big name teams that you want to see your team play against, and you can't and you have this situation in Tampa where they're not allowing fans of a certain team based on home ice advantage. And I, I, it should have never gotten to this in the first place. And I feel for Brad Bargman and his son Bryce too. So thank you also, Brad, for posting this update based on the jersey. and. But I also want to give credit to the Tampa Bay Lightning for saving face in this situation with coming out and saying and lifting this policy because, I mean, sure, if there wasn't a lift of this policy, it would be really bad PR on the part of the Tampa Bay Lightning and it would prevent opposing fans from attending and, you know, that's less money into the franchise, the owner's pockets, and of course, the owners want to do everything they can to not have a paying customer walk away. So I guess really that's really the motivation behind all of this, if we're being quite honest. So it's a a win-win for everybody. It's a win-win for the Tampa Bay Lightning that they have a paying customer come in. It's a win-win for Florida Panthers fan who want to sit in the section that Brad and Bryce sat in Amelie Arena, and they can feel comfortable going to a game from here on out. So, and it all started, once again, with Brad turning on the camera to record the situation. So, good on Brad for doing that, and hopefully we don't have any of these situations go on ever again in any NHL or any sports arena, for that matter. In the next segment, we're going to give you an IIHF World Championship update and what Florida Panthers have become victorious and which Florida Panthers were close to victory. You've been listening to Locked on Panthers. Stonks, memes, rocket ships. Day trading could be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. 
Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor, and if you're doing it alone, team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront can make it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5,000 bands for free by going to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. Get your first 5,000 managed for free for life. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront dot com slash locked on nhl and get started today lucy nicotine is a company founded by caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better cleaner nicotine alternative finally tobacco alternatives that don't suck research and developed for three years to be made for people not patients lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA card to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get Lucy Nicotine Gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NHL listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code Locked on NHL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code Locked on NHL at checkout. Warning: This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code locked on NHL. So as you've been hearing on this podcast as of late, and if you follow me on the LO underscore FLA Panthers Twitter page, you've been seeing that a lot of my talk recently, I mean, since the Florida Panthers season has been over for just over a week now, that Anton Lundell 
participated in the IHF World Championships in Latvia for Team Finland. Roberto Luongo is on the GM side for Team Canada. Sergei Bobrovsky made only one start for Team Russia in the World Championships. And let, let, let's talk about this World Championship for a second. The U- U.S. was able to win gold, excuse me, bronze, by defeating Team Germany by a final score of 6-1 to one yesterday, where they were able to win the bronze medal. And <clears throat> Finland and Canada played yesterday at 1.15, and Canada defeated Finland in overtime by a final score of 3 to 2 in favor of Canada for their gold medal. And I want to talk a little bit about Anton Lindell. I know I know this is a player that all I've been kind of beating the dead horse on by of how great this guy has been playing. And let's not forget of how well he played in the World Juniors just this past January for helping Team Finland win the bronze medal in the World Junior Championships, where he had 10 points, six goals, four assists in seven games. He played even better in that tournament than he did when in Finland this time around in the World Championships. Of course, the World Championships, there's better level of play and there are higher level players in general and Anton Lundell was able to finish with seven points in 10 games you just flipped around this time around and his plus minus in the world championships was a plus seven in this one leading team Finland in points in this one and I I just think about what Bill Zito said about bringing him into training camp him getting him himself and the fact that Lundell fell as far as he did in the 2020 NHL entry draft and Bill Zito was able to snag him in his very first draft and the instant success of averaging almost a point a game in Liga performing well in World Juniors where he averaged over a point to also leading Finland in the world championships in points on their on their way to a silver medal this time around and I don't see a reason why Anton Lundell shouldn't start in the Florida Panthers next season and sign his ELC there's still plenty of time there's still plenty of summer for Anton Lundell to do something related to his contract. And I got a question the the other day from Jamie Weens asking him thoughts on this idea for a top six. And he named Verhage, Barkoff, Tippett, Hubie, Lundell, Bennett. And, and if you, I'm going to implement a new hashtag for asking questions. It's going to be at Hashtag ask a panthers. And 
if you guys have any questions to me related to the Florida Panthers, you could use that hashtag and at me or email me at LockedOnFLAPanthers at gmail.com and I'll answer them on the show every so often. Maybe I have more mailbag questions because it is the offseason now. So there's more opportunities to create some contact and interact with you guys. So he asked about that top six line of Verhage, Barkov, Tippett, Hubi, Lundell, and Bennett. And all I got to say to that is that this, even though Anton Lundell has played well in Liga and two IHF tournaments in less than six months span, my goodness, it, we think about what kind of a year Lundell has had in, in half a year. And we could easily see how this could be translatable to the NHL level. But let's not forget, this guy is 19 years old or 20, one of the two. He's looking this up right now. He's 19. So he's 19 years old. He's still very young. So number one, it depends on the length of the deal you give Sam Bennett. And number two, it depends... What are you going to do with Alex Weinberg? Are you going to re-sign him and give him a little bit of a raise? Or are you going to let him walk in free agency? Because Alex Weinberg is a UFA. So if you sign Alex Weinberg, then the opportunity for Lundell to be the second line center automatically is going to be a definite no. For now, at least. But this is a developmental project for Coach Q and company to start him off as the third line center and eventually move his way up into second line in case once the new Bennett deal, I'm assuming it's going to be like three or four years because Bennett is an RFA. Once that expires and if Bennett wants even a bigger payday and the Florida Panthers can't afford him, then insert Anton Lindell to fill in that 2C position and develop him into it, into that spot. So. I don't think there's any rush to put him automatically on the second line. And you know what? Putting Anton Lundell on starting on the third line, you're creating more depth scoring all across the roster. So why put it there to start at the beginning of the season? But it's a, it's a it's something good to ask. It's something to consider as well because in late game situations maybe you might see that because you might need to win a face off and you might have Bennett and Anton Lundell there at the same time. In, in, in the case that somebody is sent out of the circle, you have another player there. And of course, you have Alexander Barkov, your captain, to help as well. And you have Noel Chari. So late game situations is that. I can see it. But as far as starting the game and through the lineup, unless it's a desperation situation or an injury, I don't see Anton Lundell filling in that second line center too much, at least during his rookie season, at least during that time. Later on, sure, maybe. He, it's, it's a developmental piece. We could take our time with this guy. He's still 19 years old. So let, let's pump the brakes a little bit on, on that. But I also want to congratulate Roberto Luongo, Florida Panther great, who is the general manager for Team Canada for the IHF World Championships. One gold, strike gold. After Canada was off to a raucous start in the World Championships, and they found a way, an improbable story, to eventually win the gold in 
the world championships. And this is great for the Florida Panthers front office. They're the landscape of the NHL that the people down in Sunrise, Florida, people can see that the guys down there know what they're doing with creating the goalie excellence department. Seeing how Bill Zito, who was known as the numbers cruncher in Columbus, is bringing that to South Florida. And I feel like Bill Zito is going to create some more magic trying to get rid of some contracts like a Keith Yandel or a Strowman. I think that Bill Zito will find a way. You have great advisors in Roberto Luongo leadership. You have the, again, like I said, the goalie excellence department with him, Rob Tallis. You have a former captain in Derek McKenzie on the coaching staff to help Coach Q. And you have so many great leaders and so many great faces on this franchise, on this coaching staff in this front office that there, again, there seems to be a sense of direction with this team. So Roberto Longo winning gold is so great for this franchise. But a little bit in the back of my head is thinking that other teams might come calling Roberto Luongo for vacant GM positions. But then I also think about the loyalties to the team. But I also think about if there's an opportunity to get a job somewhere, I can't crap Luongo for trying to take an opportunity for a big chance to build a contender somewhere else. So that's a little bit of the pros and cons with Roberto Longo winning gold, but also the opportunity for him to find something outside. But that just depends on what Roberto wants out of his career, post-playing career. And it's, it's crazy how quickly he went from retiring to going into a front office role. It's something that we, we could see that's something that Roberto Luongo wanted all along. And also, David Dwork on Tripping the Cats Radio brought this up on Gerard Gallant, the former coach of the Florida Panthers, on why is Gerard Gallant just, why is there no stability with Gerard Gallant? I mean, when we see on the cameras during games, we see how even keel Gerard Gallant can be. Doesn't really say too much, but we can only imagine what from what we've heard behind the scenes on relationships with management. And it, it it's just really hard to say because the success that he had in 2016 with the Florida Panthers, the success he had instantaneously with the Vegas Golden Knights in their first year of expansion and then winning gold with Team Canada, David Dork spoke about it and says, why is this guy not stable in a specific coaching job? And he's interviewed for quite a few positions already. And I feel, <coughs> excuse me, that eventually he's going to maybe land one. And if he, if he ends up on the Seattle Kraken, I'll officially name him the expansion coach. He will be known as the expansion coach. And there's quite a few openings in the, in the league. There's Arizona, Seattle, New York Rangers, Buffalo Sabres, Columbus Blue Jackets. Those are the openings that I have on the top of my head. Uh, Rick Tockett, the former coach of the Arizona Coyotes, interviewed for the New York Rangers. That spot hasn't been filled in yet. 
as of this recording. Gerard Gallant has already been in Columbus before, so will he go back again? Will he be the ultimate, like I said, expansion coach and go to Seattle? So really, if, if he does land a job again, my hope for him is that he ends up getting some stability wherever he goes because he's he's a damn good coach. Let's not let's not mistake that. But maybe some of the relationship issues really are the reason why he just hasn't had that stability. And because if we're talking solely play on the ice based on his coaching, then there's no reason for him to not have a job so it has to be relationships and how he builds those relationships with players and management in the next segment we're going to talk about some finalists for an award and a florida panthers player that might or might not be nominated for said award you've been listening to locked on panthers did you know that built bar has nine amazing flavors when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their fave. If you don't know the Built Bar flavor as well, you're missing out. There's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. Know what my favorite one is? My favorite is the peanut butter brownie. If you haven't tried all these flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of the other flavors have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you'd like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So the National Hockey League on Sunday announced their Selkie, Frank J. Selkie Award finalists for the 2020-2021 season. And the three finalists, one of them, are for your Florida Panthers. There is Mark Stone of the Vegas Golden Knights. Patrice Bergeron, four-time winner of the Boston Bruins. And your captain, Alexander Barkov of the Florida Panthers. Really, this has been really the only award that I've really announced on the podcast, being that this is the only award that a Florida Panthers player is involved in. and. Let's give a little bit of perspective on the Selkie, which most times a lot of players who win the award or are voted in as a finalist again are mostly through reputation. From 2012 all the way till now, do you want to know how many times Patrice Bergeron has been at least a top three finalist to Win the Selkie, including this year. I'll give you guys a few seconds. Nine times. He's been a Selkie finalist since the 2012 NHL season. Nine times. So winning it in 2012, 2014, 2015, and 2017. So he hasn't won it in a few years. 
There are also some notable names who are multiple-time winners of the Selkie Trophy, with Patrice Bergeron being tied for most Selkie Award trophies of all time with Bob Gainey of the Montreal Canadiens. But to be fair, Bob Gainey won four straight Selkie trophies in the first four years that that trophy existed. So the fact that Patrice Bergeron was able to do it in a nine-year span of being a finalist nine times and winning it four times during that span really speaks volumes to the type of play of Patrice Bergeron. But when it comes to the Selkie, it's more like a reputation award. As you can tell that Bergeron has been there, as I said, nine times. Mark Stone, when it comes to him, he's been a, as far as votes, 2015, 40, tied for 46 in voting. 2017, he was sixth. 2016, he was 18th. 2018, 22nd. 2019, the year that Mark Stone was traded from the Ottawa Senators to the Vegas Golden Knights, he finished second. And then last year, he finished fifth. Barkoff's sulky votes track record shows 2015, 38th. 2016, sixth. Big jump from there with Anze Kopitar of the LA Kings winning it that year in. 2016. Barkov finished 17th in 2017, the year that Bergeron won his most recent Selkie trophy. Barkov in 2018 finished fourth in a year that Kopitar won it again in 2018, which is his most recent. 2019, he finished fifth, the year that Ryan O'Reilly of the St. Louis Blues won the Selkie. And then most recently, 2020, where Barkoff finished 11th, but Mark Stone in that same year, like we talked about earlier, finished 5th in 2020 while finishing 2nd in 2019. So, as far as recency of being near the top, Mark Stone has more top 5 and top 6, excuse me, vote finishes inside of the Selkie nominee, and Barkoff has only finished in the top six three times. But Stone has also finished higher in 2019, finishing second in a year that he was also traded from Ottawa to Vegas. So who eventually wins the Selkie? I believe that voter fatigue can be a thing when it comes to various awards, whether it's Hart, whether it's Vesna, MVPs really in any leagues. Voter fatigue does happen. I mean, Connor McDavid can win the honestly the Hart every single year based on the performance that he has. I mean, that's now the standard for Connor McDavid to have the season that he's had this year to keep going. But does that mean he's going to win the Hart Trophy every single year? Probably not. Voter fatigue is a thing. So maybe that's why Patrice Bergeron, as great as his play has been in really the last nine years, 
why he's still a finalist, even though he's finished third in 2018, third in 2019, and second in 2020. There's a chance that Patrice Bergeron doesn't win it this time around once again, but is still a finalist because, once again, voter fatigue. So you think about Mark Stone, you think about Alexander Barkov. So these two have been scratching the surface on winning this award. But I think of Alexander Barkov and Mark Stone, but I also think of team success as well. Vegas finished with a better record. They tied for the Colorado Avalanche with most points in the NHL, despite them not winning the present trophy. And with Barkov, we saw how quickly, when you take Barkov off the ice, with how much of a difference maker he makes defensively, especially when he's not there. Let's rewind back to late March when Barkov was injured in warmups in Chicago and missed the next six games. That was the start of actually the second game of the Panthers, one of the Panthers' three-game losing streaks all year. That was game two that, of that current streak at the time. The first one was to Tampa the game before. And then Barkov gets injured in warm in Chicago. They lose the next two. And then after that, Ekblad gets injured. But the Florida Panthers saw quickly how when they're missing Barkov that they miss that defensive presence that he brings. Mark Stone, he's played in 55 games this season, so really hard to see the impact of Mark Stone when he's off the ice versus when he's on. And honestly, Vegas overall just has a way better team at this moment in time than the Florida Panthers, and that's something we cannot deny. And those six games that Barkov missed, those six straight games before Barkov eventually came back on April 4th against the Columbus Blue Jackets, those are the only games that Barkov missed all season. So Barkov was definitely missed during that time. And you got you got to wonder, is is this the year that Alexander Barkov wins it? And Again, this is award an award based on not only great play, but great reputation. And Bergeron is an example, and Stone is also a big example, being in the top five multiple times. And if I had to go with my gut, my gut would say that Mark Stone wins it, but I'm hoping that Alexander Barkov finds a way to win because just his defensive play on how he stopped breakaways and how he strips the pucks to go the other way is just flat out incredible and I I think that with how Barkov has been able to take his game to another level this season with one year left on his contract with where the Panthers were just last year heading into the offseason around this time last year the Florida Panthers were getting ready to get the Toronto bubble started and let's Let's not forget, at that time, a lot of Florida Panther fans were really down on the direction of this team. And the Florida Panthers, with their turnaround, of course, a front office change was necessary. Some moves were happened, but it also brought the best out of Alexander Barkov. And it really showed in his defensive play as well. So I think that Barkov really, I mean, the votes are done. But I hope that when the results are announced later on, that we could see that the hard work that Barkov has put in 
results in some hardware. And that's not to take away from the greatness of Mark Stone, who was a player that the Florida Panthers were eyeing in the 2019 season to possibly trade for him. And I hope that the Florida Panthers captain can be awarded somehow. And if he isn't the winner this year, then once again, reputation. He's going to be up there in multiple years of being a Selkie Award finalist now that he has been consistent up there with his play, especially on the defensive side of the puck. And with the team only expected to get better and the NHL landscape looking at the Panthers, more eyes will be on Barkov, more people will be paying attention. And let's be honest, ever since Vegas entered the league, they, every, everybody has been, a lot of people have been looking to them because especially since they had instant success. So their play, their games are going to be viewed more because winning matters than the Florida Panthers. So people might look more into the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Florida Panthers. Also, the Selkie Award winner is voted on by the Pro Hockey Writers Association. So you got to ask yourself, when it comes to these writers, how many of the writers are looking at Florida Panthers games, even in a season where the Florida Panthers are playing well? I mean, let's not forget, the Florida Panthers only had two nationally televised games this season, while the Vegas Golden Knights have had God, I've lost count of how many because I feel like every single time I look for a nationally televised game, the Vegas Golden Knights are in in that time slot on a West Coast game, whether it was against Minnesota, whether it was against Colorado, whether it was even against an LA Kings team who is rebuilding. But of course, the LA Kings have won Stanley Cups in the last decade. So even though they're not really good of matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights will bring a national audience to the mix and more of the Pro Hockey Writers Association people will be watching more of those games versus the Florida Panthers who have just recently have had success. So the lack of nationally televised games might hurt Alexander Barkov's case in order to win the Selkie, even though I think he is more than deserving of winning this award, but it won't be an indictment on Alexander Barkov's play and it'll help possibly help him win this award in the future. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast comes into your podcast feed. Make sure to also listen to Locked On NHL anywhere you listen to podcasts and don't forget also the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And once you're done listening to this podcast, make sure you listen to the Locked On Today podcast. How high is the Tennessee Titans ceiling with Julio Jones? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. Oh.